And Rhino, he's not even an issue. I don't sweat Rhino. Are you ready? Yes, it's the Rhino. I just want the paper. I done came down so clean. I'm shining on the haters. Ain't none better than me. Paint wetter than he. 400 And out come Rhino. Rhino. I just want the paper. I done came down so clean. I'm shining on the haters. Ain't none better than me. Paint wetter than he. 400 Rhino Wrestling Review, back once again. How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. And Brian Alvarez here, of course, as he joins us every week. And I'm joined via uh, the interwebs and the magic of technology by uh, a couple friends you might know. Uh, The first one is uh, somebody who trolls me on a daily basis to try to get a rise out of me because he knows I'm... Uh, easily workable, and he also has an impact bias. It's Jason Calcibetta. What's up, everybody? Uh, the other one is my uh, sarcasm brother from another mother. Ninety uh, percent of what we say is sarcastic, and he has a Seth Rollins bias. That's Will Lewis. Hello, everyone. Boo! Uh, are we booing? We're That's booing not me. true. Oh, that's not true. That's not That's true. Cheeto. Oh God! Got Cheeto fingers over there. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. How are you? I am uh, amazing. I'm ready to talk some pro wrestling with you guys. There's a lot to cover. We are going to talk some news and notes in segment one, and get to some of your emails in segment two. And we're even going to talk a little impact this week. You know, uh, Jason is super excited, and Will's going to take a nap. Can I just start taking the nap now? No, because I'm going to need you for a couple uh, things before we get to the impact nonsense. Damn. All right. Uh, we're going to start off with a little uh, segment we haven't done in a while. Let's talk some news and notes in Take 5. One, two, three, four, five. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, man, alive. It's number five. Number one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. The greatest wrestling match ever took place this past week. It may just be the greatest wrestling match ever. Edge versus Randy Orton headlined Backlash this past Sunday. It was Edge's first real in-ring match in nine years. If you remember, Edge defeated Randy Orton in the brawl at WrestleMania. Orton demanded a regular wrestling match. And it was billed as the greatest wrestling match ever. So my first question to you guys is, as Jason's laughing hysterically, why bill it as the greatest wrestling match ever? First of all, why even put that moniker on this match? Was it just to drive network buys? Was it just to add some intrigue to a pay-per-view that didn't really have one? What do you guys think? What's the whole logic behind that? I kind of thought it was just taking a stab at the dirt sheets myself. Interesting. Uh, can you expand but, on that? I, that's one I hadn't thought of. 
No, I just, you know, how they think. You know, you got to think everything that happens in WWE is all they care about. Mm -hmm. So when they're not getting the headlines or they're not getting, you know, the reads or whatever, however you want to describe it, you know, that's all Vince cares about. He doesn't give a shit about anything else. Mm -hmm. So that was just something I thought of. But I don't know why this particular match, I guess because it was Edge's first match back, it gives it a little something besides just, hey, we're going to have a one-on-one. Well, well, it, it did kind of make you, whether it was fair or not to the competitors, it did make you want to watch it just to kind of see if it would even live up to these ridiculous expectations, didn't it? Yeah, it did, but like, I, I think it's such a, a it's, it's not fair to book it as the greatest wrestling match of all time because then you're already going in with the expectation of, that it's going to be really good. So it's very hard to live up to that hype. It was, um, huh? It was really good. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it in a second, but uh, I disagree, honestly. Oh, wow. Yeah. But what what if I told you? It may just be the greatest wrestling match ever. You know. Does uh, that change your opinion at all? Not a little bit, but you know, I, I get it. I get that we always, you know, agree on pretty much everything here on the Rhino Wrestling Review. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure we'll get into it in a second. Is that uh, unfortunately my opinion is a little, a little different. Well, let's talk about oh, that. Uh, to me, they were kind of set up. Edge and Orton, that is, were kind of set up for failure from the start. I mean, we got a, a mostly empty arena. You, you they're using. Uh, there was a couple camera angles that were. Reminded me of Halftime Heat from about 20 years ago. Uh, They had the pumped-in cheers and chants. We got a 46-year-old guy who hasn't wrestled in nine years versus a guy who often, by his own own admission, doesn't give a shit. They're expected to go 40 to 45 minutes in the ring, but I thought it was really good. And I think most of the fans online agree. So, Jason, I'm going to go to you first because i think you and i are kind of in the same boat here and then i want to hear uh will's rebuttal but what did edge and orton do well in this match i think they just kept it interesting throughout the whole thing like once you you know once you got past the first 10 minutes of the you know the slow you know i mean they just kept it rolling and you know every little thing had something special like you hit a rock bottom and then the announcers were like you know they threw they tied it in somewhere I thought that was pretty neat, personally. They, like the, the, the Ricky yeah. Steamboat arm drags at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they're good. I don't know, Grant Edge and Count Orton, while lazy, he is a great technical wrestler. No doubt. You know, and I think he's doing some of his best work the last, you know, probably the last couple years. More of a less is more type thing. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I think we've seen two of the la- two of the greatest probably two of the best WWE matches in the last week, you know, with AJ and Daniel Bryan and then Edge and uh, Orton. And it's, it's kind of rare to say that in general. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the things about the AJ Daniel Bryan match that was kind of unfair to them was the fact that it had, you know, 17 commercial breaks during the match. (laughs) You know, the fact that it was, uh, it probably didn't have as much production as the Edge Orton match, although it seemed like 
I was kind of worried since the match was pre-taped that it was going to seem kind of stop and go or, or the, the editing wouldn't be smooth. But to me, it, if, if you wouldn't have told me that it, that match wasn't live, I, you know, I wouldn't have known otherwise because it seemed like it was uh, like it flowed pretty well through it. But and I thought they told a good story uh, throughout the match, and I think that's something that's just a byproduct of, of getting more time. But I think also getting more time makes it get, is an advantage because they're able to to have time to tell a story and have time to expand on you know working on a body part or have time to you know throw in those things like uh, the other uh, finishers from other you know uh, match from other wrestlers and other matches that may have been in discussion for greatest match of all time. But Will, I got to know what you what you thought about it because you're you're telling me you don't seem like you are uh, as excited as the majority of the people that I've uh, been following online are about the outcome of that match. Um, so I don't I don't know. It was just like one of those things where I think the the book or the billing for it is what really took me out of it. Um, and then the fact too that it was you know it was pre-taped. Um, too, which also took me out of it, and um, I thought the first 15 minutes of the match were very boring. Like I literally, I was looking at my watch the entire time, just kind of like, okay, is something gonna happen? Like I get it. Like they told a good story in the ring, um, and then of course they bring out everybody's finishers, and then no one can finish someone, so everybody's kicking out of each other's finishers, which obviously. You know, as the Rhino Wrestling Review. Mm-hmm. I know that is a big no no. Big no no. Like, right. So, Maybe next time they could suplex all the way up the ramp for about a hundred yards and you'll fucking love it. Great. It only great. only if the if that douchebag referee uh, signals touchdown. <laughs> right. Rick Knox. Rick Knox oh, the worst referee in the business because of one slip up that he missed. Golden opportunity he missed, Jason. I'm not going to let it slide. Now, is that, is that only because Todd Sinclair isn't refing right now? Or yes. Or is he just the worst yes. all in general? Uh, I was previously uh, on the Todd Sinclair is the worst bandwagon. Uh, fortunately for Todd Sinclair, he has slipped down to number two, and Rick Knox currently resides at number one. <laughs> but see, also, too, with me, is it was just kind of a... I mean, we had just watched Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Um, 48, just a couple days four, yeah, 48 hours before. Mm-hmm. 48 hours before. I thought that was a way better match. Uh, now, now, I'm not trying to take anything away from Edge and Orton because I think they went out and they put on a really good match. And, like, like, it's not their fault that WWE decided that they wanted to build this as the greatest wrestling match of all time. And, like, I could probably name, like, five or six matches that, I see, that I've seen that are, are better than this. You know, I think we've, we've watched... Two wrestlers have three matches together that are significantly better than this. And, you know, Chris Jericho, he's had better matches than this, and he's pushing 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so but, is Edge, though. So is Edge. <laughs> um, it, but, it, like, I, I, and also I did, I hated, 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 hated the piped-in crowd noise. I really just, just kind of took me out of it. It felt fake, um, and... Like, that, that part was really frustrating. The hokey shit at the beginning with the Panic at the Disco song. and Love This it. is the greatest show! Right. Like, like all of it to me felt like the pageantry of wrestling 
magnified by five like five times it just felt weird to me um but like i said i wouldn't say the greatest wrestling match of all time i would say it is one of the matches of all time so you see the the this is i think a perfect the discussion that we're having now is a perfect microcosm of what i'm seeing online because there was nobody that i found that was just kind of you know, dismissive of this match. Everybody either really, really, really liked it, or just hated it. And I think that the the, the amount of people that I found that that hated it is is by far the the smaller of, of the two. But I think it's very interesting to you know hear the the conflicting opinions and hear why. Because I I was listening to Busted Open Radio the other day and there was a caller. That talked about that weird camera shot that was like from when on the lockup, when it was like it was shot from like underneath, and it was only like a, a three second camera shot, but the guy said that that took him out of the match for for, for the rest of the match. He said that it ended up. Was that up, the Rhino Cam? Yeah, that's the Dan Rhino Cam where you, you got to yeah. get in there and get that tight uh, groin shot mm-hmm. of uh, of all the wrestlers, male and female. I don't yeah. uh, I don't discriminate. Right, but. I think, you know, the 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 thing that uh, kind of bugs me is, you know, people talk about how good the match was, but I, I tell them, well, they gave him forty minutes. You know, how many how many wrestlers do we see on Raw that have three minute matches, and and you're like, well, they suck. You know, they they, they can't wrestle. It's like. No, you didn't no, get. You don't give them an opportunity. Like you give anybody on that roster, with the exception of Mojo Rawley, anybody on that roster yeah, good, has the ability to have a great match if you give them forty minutes. I honestly believe that. Uh, I the thing about the time though, it also led them to feel when you have a match like that that goes that long, they feel the need to some to do something that you alluded to earlier and that's kick out of each other's finishers which I and they did it a lot and the fact that the RKO was kicked out of once is should is pretty special I, I'm okay if you want to save that for something like this that you call the greatest wrestling match ever but the fact that the RKO was kicked out of twice and multiple spears were kicked out of and other finishers were kicked out of why can't you just why can't you just build up to the finishers at the end? Why do you have to devalue them? And I'll use the example of Kenny Omega, because when Kenny Omega is in those 45-minute or hour matches with Okada, he teases the one-winged angel 10 to 15 times, but he never hits it until the very end. And when he hits it, it's over. And there's been matches with, with him and Okada that Omega has lost because he never hit that one-winged, one-winged right. angel. On the other hand, you got a match that in that same exact match, you got Okada hitting the Rainmaker 35 times and can't finish him. So you you've got you know one wrestler doing it exactly right, you got one wrestler doing it exactly wrong. In the end, though, Orton gets the victory with the punt kick after the inadvertent low low blow. So I got two questions for you guys: Did the right guy win? And were you okay with the way the finish broke down? A 40 to 45 minute match kind of comes to the end as a result of an inadvertent low blow. So, did the right guy win, and were you okay with the finish? Um, I would have liked to see Edge pick up the victory, but I mean, hindsight, right, 
now with with Edge going out with the uh, the tricep injury, um, it wouldn't really have done anything for him. But I think what they were gonna do, they were gonna start building him for something pretty big. Um, I, I think if with Edge picking up or not Edge with, with Orton picking up the victory, um, if they don't do anything with it, I think it's a waste. Um, so you know if they're gonna have or pick up the victory and then I don't know say be the one that takes out Drew McIntyre uh, makes a lot of sense to me but if they decide to just do nothing with it then what's the point what's the point of having Edge lose uh, J- uh, Jason I'm dying over here I'm gonna need you oh to save God. me <laughs> I'm cough- coughing my head off uh, <laughs> some, of that, some of that Powerade Zero went down the wrong pipe so Jason, I need you to bail me out, man. Got you, buddy. We're now on the Calisabetta Wrestling Review, sponsored uh, by ProWrestling.com, here uh, while Dan dies. No, but I thought I thought Orton winning was the right call because I think on paper it sets up your your third match because Edge Edge won the you know the hardcore or whatever that whatever that fifty minute horse shit was <laughs> in WrestleMania. Like Edge won that, so this Orton wins with the punt which makes him look like a huge asshole to somebody with a neck problem. Yeah. So then you just build towards that. And, you know, Orton's one of the better heels in wrestling right now. And, you know, I don't know if you guys watched, I'm assuming everyone watched Raw, most of us. Yeah. But, you know, but the stuff with Christian on Raw was great. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, uh, as, as Will mentioned, Edge suffers a torn tricep in the match. Looks like he's going to be out for a long time, which really sucks because I was... You know, he's he's looked so good in the, the little bit that we've got to see him since he's come back. He's worked his way. It took him nine years to work his way back. He's got himself probably in the best shape of his life at the age of 46, and then he's got the triceps injury. And it's you just, know the, it, worst, it, the worst part about that? He, he tore his tricep on a refill that they did on the Oh, back. really? Oh, like like something that didn't that. even, probably some horse shit, and they're like, do it again! And, you know, it's, yeah, Uncle Dave was shitting on that, so. That, uh, that's very frustrating, but greatest match ever, I don't, I can't, I wouldn't, you know, can't even put it in, in my top 20, probably. I thought it was very good. Will, you would give it a, uh, how many stars? A uh, four star. That's amazing. No, it's not. Not anymore. Not not since Uncle Dave broke the star rating system. Only in Tokyo and only for Kenny Omega and Okada. I, I would say if it's no more than if it's not a five star match, it's not a great match. Okay, uh, let's go to number two. Jason, I can't wait for to hear you defend this horse. Speaking of horse shit, the Uh-oh. Street Profits and the Viking Raiders at Backlash. It was supposed to be a title defense with the Prophets taking on the Viking Raiders. It turned into a comedy short film. Akira Tozawa showed up for no reason. He was commanding ninjas, He was commanding ninjas. a team of ninjas. They had one super ninja. Very big gentleman. Uh, so this causes the uh, Prophets and the Raiders to have to team up. And while they team up, we get callbacks to the last six months of Beer Olympics bullshit that they've been doing on, on Raw. Uh, we had golf clubs, we had bowling balls, we had shields, we had turkey legs. We have to fight on on top of a fucking tractor trailer because that's a week. That's a weekly thing now that we have to do. 
We also know that uh, Ivar is fat, so he has to constantly be looking for turkey legs because that's hilarious. Ivar used the force to get a turkey leg at one point. Uh, he also is fat, so he can't run as long as the other three. We got to make that a point. All four end up in a dumpster. There's another Star Wars reference with the uh, trash monster. Uh, uh, Will, you've never seen Star Wars, right? Yeah, I have. Jason's Jason hasn't. Jason hasn't. Oh, Jason, spoiler yeah, no. alert. It came out 40 years ago, but there's a, a scene where they escape in the trash compactor, and there's a monster in there. And that's exactly... Somebody on the writing staff is a big Star Wars fan, because there were several Star <laughs> Wars references there. So we do not get the title match, and I remember chatting with you guys when this was going on, and Jason talking about that he was laughing his ass off. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. Jason loved it, so I'm curious to hear where Will Lewis stands on the Street Profits Viking Raiders at Backlash. Dan, you know, we talk about these moments all the time where when you're watching professional wrestling and then someone walks in the it room. It may just be the greatest nope. wrestling match ever. Nope. 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 <laughs> uh, but you're, you're watching professional wrestling and then someone walks into the room and... and you're so embarrassed that you're watching that specific match at that specific time that you would rather be watching something way, way worse. Yeah, you quickly switch to pornography. Right. Because that's less embarrassing. It's less embarrassing. And I, I believe, like, I, I caught bits and pieces of it live because I was taking my break because I was working that closing that night. And, like, I was like, like, what the hell is this shit? Like... Uh, it was it was awful, and you know you know you know who really probably liked it. You know, there's a guy that works for professional wrestling or prowrestling.com. You know, Doug E. Wrestling. I bet he loved it. Yeah, I bet it he was did. Super I bet he entertaining. Did when when Doug was on the show a few weeks ago, we were talking about the vignettes that the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders have been doing, and. I was crapping all over it, and Doug was telling me how entertained he was. So if he liked that, I'm sure he liked this. And Doug and Jason and our own Jason Calcibetta have been really kind of been forming a kinship lately that is oh, really kind it. of rubbing me the wrong way. Doug and Jason versus Will and Dan at WrestleMania. I mean, I mean I'm not jobbing for anybody. So. It wouldn't be. I might. I might do the job. I might do the honors, yeah. like because I'm the oldest, you know. So I'm kind of like have to. <laughs> have to you know put over the young guys so i'm i you know i might i don't have a problem with doing the job taking the three second tan so to speak as long as we're not doing hokey shit like turkey legs and 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 fighting on top of of, uh, tractor trailers and i don't mind some ninjas but i don't like that many ninjas uh it was it was a lot of ninjas uh jason tell us why you love this so much i just thought it was entertaining you guys have to learn to just be entertained that's it's not, not true. Gonna, it's not. It's just not always going to be a five star classic. I mean, I'm entertained by stuff that's actually entertaining. Yeah. yeah. I just thought yeah. It was funny. Although I think I think we talked about off air, you know, and you and Doug mentioned it. How all they're doing is making the Viking Raiders the new heavy machinery. You know, so all right, the, exactly. The, you know, yeah. You know, basically, uh, what is his name? Ivar or yeah. whatever. There's, yeah. The, it's kind of yeah. cute. You know, they yeah, they're ma- yeah they're making him into a ladies' man, just like like yeah. Otis is with Mandy. They're they're having they're, they're having him find you know turkey legs everywhere and have you know the the turkey grease dribble down his his chin. Yeah. He he's got a beard. He's hairy. He's overweight. You know those are. 
Ivar is going to be world champ one day. Ivar is going to be world champ on, on Raw, and Otis is going to be world champ on SmackDown, and that is when I stop watching wrestling. Now, see, I think this is I think this is a good spot for the Street Profits. I mean, I like that they do. I don't. I didn't know them in NXT, but I feel like on the main roster, all they've done is comedy stuff, mm-hmm. like uh, which I don't know if that's their thing or. But I think, I think they're uh, right. I think they're right in their lane. I think that's what helped them get called up is is the personality, uh, particularly Montez Ford. His his personality. I think that. That was one of the things that helped them, help kind of hotshot them to the main roster, because they they can be very entertaining, and they they do have a lot of charisma. However, I, I I think it's just too much. They just it was too much. Like I said, the the build up with the the beer Olympics bullshit that they were doing leading up to this, and then the fact that that we have I mean that had to have gone twenty minutes. Pretty good basketball game. Pretty good basketball game, I will say that. I, I'll tell you what, all four of them donkeys would get taken to school by by this forty year old right here. Ooh, I'll tell yeah, you yeah. what, I don't I don't know about uh, uh, I don't know about the other sports, but if we're talking uh, talking hoops, uh, I'm pretty sure. Having seen uh, what I've seen from the four of them, I think this old guy would uh, would have his way with so, uh, I kinda... the Prophets and the Raiders. I kind of want to talk really quick about... So we, we talked about um, on the WrestleMania post-show about um, the overproduced um, pre-taped matches because mm-hmm. we had two of them in WrestleMania, two of arguably two of the greatest pre-produced matches that I've seen in a in It may a just be time. the greatest wrestling match ever. Yeah, yeah I mean, it could be. Um, it, but so, and I think we said... Uh, I'm okay, we're, we're okay with, with the the pre-tape overproduced stuff mm-hmm. as long as WWE doesn't overdo it. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've seen lately is that they're doing it so much yep. that I just don't want to see it anymore yep. because they did it with um, Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. What was that three or four? Yeah, and and the fact that you can take a match like that, which were some of the some of the best wrestling matches we've seen in the right. last five years, probably every match that they had before that, and make it into something that I was so disinterested in. Right, I mean, they had to they had to work really hard to make that something that I would not be interested in, and they succeeded. Congratulations! That's what I, yeah, I thought uh, Dream and Cole wasn't very good. It was. No, I didn't think so all, either. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I I like everything. So, so they did it with that too. Overproduced, um, boring. Honestly, that that match was not fun at all. Um, and then now they're doing it with this hokey shit that's going on. That's they're they're trying to bill as entertaining. And like, I don't even want to watch it when it's on Raw, let alone in the middle of the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like they kind of build it or they kind of taped it or it seemed like it was like a dream or whatever the hell it was but like it, it's something I would never ever 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 show anybody who ever wanted to get into professional wrestling mm-hmm. ever in my life so at this point they keep teasing 
they they teased that okay we didn't have the, the tag team championship match on Backlash it's going to be on Raw and then the ninjas came out again and now we're going to ha- <laughs> so we can't have it on Raw we're going to have it on the next Raw at this point though we can't even have just a regular wrestling match just because of how far the shenanigans have got leading up to it and and the other thing that bugs me is that so many people online seem to have really enjoyed that backlash segment and i can't understand why for the life of me i was i was listening to to bust it open a friend of the show dave lagreca who uh you know called in and gave us a shout out on our 100th episode he really liked it bully ray really liked it mark henry really liked it i don't understand i feel like i'm living in the fucking twilight zone and nobody else is cognizant of what's going on except me. I feel like I'm like I'm on the wrong planet right now, and I'm the only one who who isn't in on the joke. If that well, makes do you sense. feel do you feel bad for not liking it? I don't feel bad for not or liking it. Do you feel like I, you I'm should? just I'm just confused. No, I don't feel like I should because it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's just like your opinion, man. Okay, I got you. Hold on. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Please, please, just be quiet and listen, because let me tell you something. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. I think there's there's room for comedy in wrestling, because I'm a big, I'm a, you know, I, I love Colt Cabana. I love Orange Cassidy. Otis. I, I loved Santino. Uh, I love, I love Otis. I would love Otis if he if they weren't trying to make him a main event guy. If they would just keep have him just do funny stuff, but I'm supposed to to believe that he's going to hold the same belt that Ric Flair held 16 times. I'm supposed to believe that that he is going to hold the same belt that Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and Hulk Hogan and these guys held. I'm supposed to believe that. You know, I, I understand it's it's wrestling. I understand I'm supposed to suspend my disbelief, but you have him doing what he does, and then you want to position him as a main event guy. I just can't get into that. If you want to say, "Hey, he's a comedy wrestler. This is what he is," then there's a ceiling there. There's a ceiling for for comedy wrestling. But this thing with with the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders, it's been so time consuming. It's been so drawn out, and it is it has occupied so much of our time, and I I, I think it has gone past the uh, the expiration date. I think it's gone past the the reasonable limit that we can put on comedy wrestling, and I think it's time to take their foot off the gas a little bit because I I think it's really just kind of gone, you know, outside the realm of of what's acceptable. End of and end, end of rant. Sorry. Anything else? Like, <laughs> Jason, Jason loves when I when I get fired up. That's why he trolls me every day because he <laughs> loves getting a reaction out of me. Now, now, Dan, what if I were to tell you that Otis was carrying around like a ham or like some kind of coal cuts in his briefcase at all times? I'm in. If it's if it's not the money in the bank briefcase, if he just wants to have like a briefcase. Like just like a regular one, and maybe he like puts the money in the bank sticker on it, 
and like pretends that he's like the money in the bank and everybody's like no you're not you're not you didn't yeah. win the money in the bank it's like oh yeah i won because i got these cold cuts and you don't oh yeah what, what if he goes to cash in and they're like dude you, you don't even have a contract in here like it's just it's meat it's all meat like and, then, catch the, and then he writes one, like, on a piece of baloney, like, scribbles one, like, real quick. Jason's uh, laughing right, his ass off right on. now. Look at go him. On. Look at him. Every, I love him, guys. I'm a bonus fan. We, we know. I just, I just want him to slide in and, here comes the caterpillar, and we got a new champ. No, so. Anybody's better than, uh... <laughs> Now, guys, I have a question. Oh, uh, I'm listening. Is Braun Strowman the conductor of the Strowman Express, or is he the actual train? That's a great question. I would love to hear the input from some of the listeners. Uh, send us uh, in your thoughts, rhinowrestlingreview at gmail.com, or tweet us at rhino underscore wrestling. Let us know the Strowman Express. When he comes mm-hmm. out, he has the loudest steam in the history of... <laughs> Of vaporized water. <laughs> right. And uh, we would like to know, your world champion, who wrestles in a t-shirt with a picture of a train on it, is he the actual Strowman Express? Is he the train? Or is he just the woo-woo conductor of the Ooh. Strowman Express? And Jason, uh, what are the odds that we see him come out in a conductor's hat? And if he does come out in a conductor's hat, does that answer the question on whether or not he is the conductor or the actual train? Uh, the odds are probably not very good, but I would... Uh, okay. I think they're really good. Like, over the course of the next couple... Oh, oh God. <laughs> over the course of the next couple weeks, probably. We will yeah. see him in a conductor hat at some point. Over the course of the Maybe next couple the... weeks, you're going to have a lot of... I'm going to have a lot of these moments. Maybe a lot of... Maybe the train <laughs> whistle, too. Let, let's go to number three. News came out this week that some WWE talent roster member had tested positive for COVID-19, and that led to a slew of running around, a slew of uh, cancellations and panicking in the uh, WWE household. One of the WWE developmental talent who has been in the crowd for recent tapings tested positive for COVID-19. That halted production of shows Tuesday, and the SmackDown taping that was supposed to take place has actually been moved to June 26th. They could not continue taping once that one positive test had come in until everyone else had been tested. We had reports of some wrestlers waiting around three-plus hours to be tested and then waiting for the results. But here's the issue, gentlemen. They have not been testing everybody before these shows. AEW has been testing everybody daily. They will not let anybody into the arena. Uh, Ring crew, cameramen, announcers, uh, wrestlers at ringside, wrestlers performing in the ring. If they have not passed their COVID-19 test and come back with a result that is negative. But prior to this, WWE, and this was something that kind of was... on my radar a couple weeks ago when I saw Alexa Bliss, it was kind of just a throwaway little social media video that she was, was talking about, the precautions that WWE was taking with their talent. She mentioned that the talent was having their temperatures checked and that they had to check in with the doctor and report if they had any symptoms. So 
So basically, if you didn't have a fever and you told the doctor that you were not having any symptoms, then you were cleared to not only attend these events, but actually perform at the events, too. And thorough coronavirus testing wasn't even taking place until very recently. So in my in my view, AEW has been doing it right. But WWE has really been kind of playing Russian roulette here with this, with what they've been doing with uh, as far as precautions to uh, COVID-19. Am I overreacting here? Because I really feel like this this is a egregious uh mistake by wwe and the fact that they had somebody like 71 year old rick flair there the other day let's bring rick flair in subject him to god knows what is is in the air because we haven't been doing actual COVID 19 testing he's highly susceptible we got to bring in rick flair just so he can hit christian in the dick you want to kick my friend in his dick when the ref's back is turned chucky t am i am i overreacting here because i'm very upset about what WWE has WWE has handled the situation. I assumed that they were doing actual COVID nineteen testing on their on their talent and everybody that was at these tapings. Turns out they have not been. They've just been checking temperatures. And as we know, as we're learning more about this virus, you do not have to have a fever to have the virus. Me being somebody who went through this this shit for three weeks. I'm coming up on three months of, of still not being able to taste anything as a result of this. We've still got people out here who don't think that this is a serious thing and think that this is fake news. Meanwhile, I'm wondering if I'm going to w- fucking wake up in the morning. And we got WWE sending people out there to perform without actually testing them, and I'm pissed off. Now, now Dan, like, I think you might be overreacting a little bit because we all know that... The coronavirus is gone. That's true. America defeated it. That's true. Uh, like Missouri's reopened back up. Yep. We're good to go. We did it. Yep. Plus, B- businesses are up- reopening. Yeah. Uh, there yeah. Are people partying Memorial Day weekend down at Lake of the Ozarks. Good. Plus, the WWE put up plexiglass around their crowd. So I don't know how you would ever think. That even if there was a coronavirus, but let's face it, guys, we can't prove that. Uh, how would it get past the plexiglass, Dan? Uh, so, uh, breaking news, Will is correct. The coronavirus is gone. I apologize Woo! for overreacting. It's not a thing anymore. Jason, we did it. We did it. Woo! Let's let's, way, let's uh, go pool party at uh, yeah. at some uh, uh, douchebag bar on <laughs> Lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> I don't know, uh, man. I'm I'm pissed off about this. I thought that they had, were doing actual testing like AEW was doing, and turns out they have not been. And I'm just I'm very upset. I get it. I get it, man. Well, obviously you're coming from a different place than any of us. Being is, you still can't taste anything except for banana laffy taffy. Banana laffy taffy has been my fucking made, world the last I couple months. I brought fucking jalapeno cheddar brats over, and you're like, oh, I, I can't even tell it's jalapeno. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Pretty good, though. Pretty good. Yeah, they're great. They're great. But that's besides the point. Kind of tastes but, like, uh, I don't know, guys, kind of tastes like cardboard. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> but in all seriousness, like, like, uh, the, the fact that WWE isn't taking it seriously and they have the resources and the money exactly. to, to 
test people consistently to have the highest standards in, in cleanliness, hygiene, like all that shit. Uh, and but it's but it's AEW who's setting the bar. Right. The the brand new company who's literally had people in their crowd uh, ever since they started doing the the, the empty stadium mm-hmm. shows, except for like once I think they had no one there, which was the weirdest one. But like you haven't seen any. I mean, they might be throwing that stuff under the rug, and we don't know that if, if they haven't had any like positive tests or if they had like who knows if they're telling us the truth. But but the fact that WWE can't like maintain these standards and they're literally the the driving force of professional mm-hmm. wrestling with the highest amount of revenue coming in mm-hmm. is kind of pathetic Un- unacceptable absolutely unacceptable uh jason i got a question for you uh, some wwe talent very upset that they found out about this positive test basically at the same time that the public did uh kevin owens is one one of the uh more predominant uh, roster members who went home and basically uh, kind of is alluding to the fact that you may not see him back for the foreseeable future, kind of like his buddy Sami Zayn. Do you think we're going to see more talent follow suit? I mean, I would understand that they're pissed off. I, I mean, I think it's ridiculous myself. And uh, I mean, Will was right. They should be the, you know, they should be the industry standard. Yep. You know, they. They're literally going to make a billion dollars this year, probably. Still, with no house shows, no nothing. You know, not not quite a billion, but you know what I'm saying. Absolutely, they, they, yeah. they can afford anything. They can. They should be, you know, leading the charge for everyone else to follow. And they're not. You know, they just don't take it seriously. They care about themselves. You know, they care about stock prices. They care about money, bottom line. They ain't worried about the people that work there, except for maybe five of them. You know. Yeah, I think this. I think this is a. I think this is a, a microcosm of. They fired. A, they as fired you said. in the middle yep. of a pandemic for no reason. Yep. Just like they didn't you, need to save money. Yep. Just you like know, you I said, know. like I. This is. I think this is a a perfect example of how they feel about their employees. You know, we saw yeah. how they felt about them when with, when the mass firings happened. You know, WWE pleading poverty, and 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 now they're. They're not doing testing because I, I'm assuming because it's a financial thing. I'm assuming that's the only excuse because tests are available. You know, we can go our here in in St. Louis. We have all of the different urgent care, uh, like chains, right? Yeah, there's there's different like uh, chains of urgent cares here. Kind of like you know, there's like a McDonald's on every corner. There's like a total access urgent care on every corner, and you can walk in. Free of charge. There's. They don't charge you a copay. They don't bill your insurance. They. They. You don't have to do anything. You can get a, a COVID nineteen test, and you can get a COVID nineteen antibody test, absolutely free. Anybody that wants it. And I went and got my antibody test, and I got the results twenty four hours later. The testing is available now, and it's especially available if you if you're a billion dollar company. You know you you. We've seen that money makes the the world go round with this. Uh, you know, celebrities were getting tests way before uh, regular people were. So we know if you got money, you get jumped to the front of the line even more. It's got to be just they just don't want to pay for it, which is that is just an egregious 
act on my part, and it pisses me off to no end. You know, Triple H said they have that magic spray that disinfects everything. Oh. I don't know if you guys caught that. That sounds uh-huh. pretty so you're, They should be good to go. Just spray no that on everything? Just kind of spray yeah. like spray yourself down like when you're oiling up, getting ready to go to the ring? and. Yeah, instead of using oil, they use that sanitizing spray. Interesting. Well, well see, one of the things, too, is so WWE – out of all the wrestling promotions and like actual like sports, um, like any any of like the MLB, mm-hmm. NFL, and all those that they went and got approved to be an essential company mm-hmm. or an essential business, right? You know, so they could put on their Orlando shows at the Performance Center on a weekly basis, and like if you're gonna like. I work like I work at Target, so I work in a retail business all the time. So you know we're an essential business. Rag alert, jeez. Yeah. So if we're an essential business, like we got to go in all the time. If Target was gonna make me come into work consistently and not like show any care whatsoever of keeping us safe or healthy or doing anything that they could to make sure that we we felt better about having to be there consistently, guy, I can only imagine like what. What, what the WWE superstars feel considering you know if they if WWE would have gone and gotten approved that essential business mm-hmm. whatever like none of them would be working right now and they'd all be safe and they wouldn't have to worry about it but you know if you're going to go and do that and make your people come to work every day you got to take those precautions I would be very upset too if I was uh, part of the jurisdiction that approved them to be an essential business and then the fact that they're not taking quality precautions you know they're not making uh they're not even making the nxt talent at ringside wear a mask you know i could see you know not wanting to make the, the wrestlers wear a mask uh because you know that's you know you can't really you do said they, they performance wouldn't allow the fans art. at raw monday remember did you hear that there was a small there was a small bit of fans at Raw Monday, and they would not allow them to wear masks. Yeah, wow. yeah. Vince said that they, he banned them from ringside. That makes he banned sense. all masks from ringside. That makes no sense to me. You guys are both required to wear masks at your your places of employment, right? Yeah, that's the worst. But you but you realize that it is a, a necessary thing that we have to deal with, and it you know it's more for the people around you than it is for you because. If you guys get sick, you know, you're, you're probably going to be okay, you know. It's going to suck, but you're probably going to be okay. You know, if your uh, 80-year-old grandpa gets sick, there's a good chance that, that he's not going to make it through it. You know, so we do these, we take these precautions and we wear these masks, So, and it's more for the people around us because we're decent human beings and we give a shit about the people around us. And right. it kind of seems like WWE... As Jason said, just cares about the bottom line and doesn't give a shit about the people around them. Or their employees, for that matter. Anything else you guys want to add about this, or are you ready to go on? I'm ready. Let's go to the important topics of the day. Ah, number four! Jason, get yourself oiled up, because it's your turn to shine in the ring right now. He's popping his neck. He's getting ready. Let's talk some Impact Wrestling. Impact, uh, Will, go ahead and take a nap. Uh, uh, current uh, current sound going on in Will's house right now. That's every This is the worst. 
Impact is continuing to tease former WWE talent for next month's Slammiversary show. Following the mass release of WWE talent a few weeks back, which we just talked about, Impact released a video teasing some of that talent appearing at next month's big pay-per-view. We saw faces like Eric Young, we saw Gallows and Anderson, we saw EC3, we saw Mike Bennett and Maria Kanellis, Rockstar Spud, uh, we saw the Bulgarian flag, uh, kind of alluding to the possibility of Rusev. Uh, EC3 has been dropping his own videos, kind of teasing going to Impact, teasing going to Ring of Honor. But uh, this past week on Impact, EC3's Impact music, Trouble, 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 the good EC3 music, played after Moose's match uh, on Impact this week. We had uh, Johnny Swinger and Chris Bay needing a partner for Slammiversary. The Swingman. And it seemed that uh, your boy the Swingman was maybe kind of teasing that it would be the perfect partner. Maybe... Uh, kind Curtis of, Axel. Alluding that it may be uh, the son of Mr. Perfect, Curtis Axel, teased on Tuesday. So, Jason, the public is expecting something big next month. My first question to you is, what would it take for you to be satisfied? I know you are the, the most easily satisfied of the three of us. <laughs> what would it, What would it take for you to be satisfied by, because they're given a lot of pomp and circumstance to this, what would it take for you to be satisfied with uh, the surprise that we're going to get next month? Uh, um, What's the I mean, bare I'm, minimum that you find acceptable? I think it's probably EC3 or bust, personally. I agree. Just thought, if you look at the new list, they kind of expanded past mm-hmm. WWE. You know, they added Bully Ray in. They added Leo Rush. Yeah. Uh, they added, you know, Sting, Kurt Angle, but... You know, how much are they really going to bring at their age, you know, in work rate and all that? But I think if you can add, you know, somebody that me and you, at least on this show, consider somebody who could be a cornerstone, but you know. EC3 uh, is the minimum that you would accept. I would hope. That with, I would not have said that until they played his music on, t- on their television program. Like, after that, I was like, that's a ballsy move if you don't have him signed and locked up. Here's the thing, though. TNA and Impact has a history of that. I don't like when your forehead gets all wrinkly like that. I'm old, man. My forehead's always wrinkly. I don't know what... There's there's parts of my body that are starting to get wrinkly, uh, and I'll show them to you. I'll show show them all to you next time you come over. We'll hop in the pool, and I'll uh, show you all my wrinkles. Uh, TNA, don't don't air me. You're you're interested. Yeah. I know, know, Dan, they have a history of letting you down. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. They have a history of under-delivering on promises. Uh, uh, About ten years ago, I think, Dixie promised an industry-changing surprise. Tommy Dreamer. That ended up being being Tommy Dreamer. Uh, You don't want to miss the big surprise at the end of next week's show. And it was Sting coming back after he'd been gone for like two weeks. Uh, you guys, of course, remember as <laughs> Jason, Jason uh, is dying on. Uh, what's the? What are you drinking there? Some natty lights? No, just some water tonight. Oh, good. I, 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 I didn't want uh, I didn't want uh, natty light to be the last thing that you partook in <laughs> on this earthly plane. 
Uh, you guys, of course, remember the James Ellsworth, Eli Drake travesty of a couple of years ago when ever we all thought it was going to be Chris Jericho coming to Impact. Uh, no one's ever going to let me live that down. And then just a couple months ago, uh, what was the show that was? It wasn't a pay per view, but it was on. Um, it was, I think, in February. It was on Rebellion. Uh, Rebellion. Where your boy Hernandez came Yes. Back. And Tessa wasn't there for the triple threat. So we're going to have a surprise in the main event. This is a, a show that's too big for one night. And the culmination of the second night, who's going to be the surprise? Fucking Hernandez comes out in 2020. And that's your big surprise. That's how we go off the air. They've got a history of that, man. And something that you said just a second ago, they've got a new video that's come out teasing that a former world champion is going to be making their return to Impact at Slammiversary. Now, we don't know if that was somebody who was a world champion in Impact or if they were a world champion somewhere else and they've been in Impact before. It just said a former world champion making their return to Impact at Slammiversary. And this video will, I don't know if you've seen it, they start off with Sting, they go to Kurt Angle, they hit all the big Hall of Famers, and then they throw like the B- Bully Ray in there, and uh, uh, who was the, uh, uh, not Alex Shelley, who's the other guy in the Motor City Machine Guns? Chris Saban. Chris Saban, yeah, they, they, they had him in, the, in there as well. Uh, th- I mean, but they, they were leaning heavily into the the uh, Sting and Kurt Angle thing, which you know neither one of those has a cha- uh, you know rat's ass chance in hell of happening. Jason, I'm worried that this is another. I'm gonna and I'm gonna give you time to uh, to uh, alleviate my worries here, but I worry that this is a classic Impact bait and switch, and stuff like this is one of the reasons why I've had a hard time giving this company yet another chance because I've given them chance after chance after chance after chance over the last 15 years and I've been burned by them so many times like a jilted lover Jason I've cu- I've kept coming back but whether it's just them whether it's just Dixie lying just flat out lying about how big something is whether it's them you know claiming poverty over the years you know that that pissed me off that they can't pay their talent yet they're you know owned by you know panda energy at one point and then uh owned by uh what's the owl uh anthem (laughs) right now as i'm flapping my wings right now for those of you listening (laughs) to the podcast uh whether it's not policing their talent you know you know having jeff hardy putting jeff hardy out, out there all doped up you know, having their letting their stars no hey, show pay per views with was your boy Eric Bischoff. You you're the one who's at the altar of Eric Bischoff. <laughs> I am. Uh, I am. I want Eric Bischoff to adopt me. I really do. <laughs> uh, whether it's you know allowing their their talent to no show pay per views and and live TV with no consequences, uh, letting talent get away in the middle of angles. You know, they they start a big angle and then the talent's just gone. You know, I've been burned too many times by this company. Tell me why it's going to be different this time around. Jason Impact reporting on behalf of the Owl. Tell me why it's going to be different. I think that they know they have a chance to really shake things up with some of, you know, the roster needs a refresh, Mm -hmm. to be honest. And uh, I think there's a good chance of, I mean, of the 15 
people that got released, I think they've teased almost every one of them mm-hmm. now. Yep. You know, you got Rhino saying, Rhino's in there saying he has a tag team partner and he has kids, you know, and <laughs> just all kinds of, you know, and they got, so I, I think we'll see multiple people, but I just think I would assume EC3 is going to be the big one because where else is he more valuable, Dan? Like, That's true. Guys That's like true. EC3 and Eric Young are pretty much valuable to impact only. Yep. You know, I, I hate to put it like that, but... And I, I could see, I could see both of them, you know, yeah. doing something in in Ring of Honor. But at, like you said, they are much more valuable in Impact. Both former world champions at in uh, Impact Wrestling. I honestly don't want to see either one of them go to AEW because I think AEW is getting a little. The roster is getting a little thick uh, right now, and I think it's going to. It's with only one two-hour show a week, which I think is perfect. For me, as a consumer of the product, i I don't want it. I don't want them to feel like, oh, we need to expand our roster. That means we got to expand to three hours. That means we got to add a second show. That that means we. And I'm not. And I'm not. You know, not to disparage AEW Dark or anything like that. I, I think that's a nice little you know side hustle for them to have. That, but you don't have to watch AEW Dark to know what's going on on the main program. It when when Nitro expanded to three hours and then they added Thunder, you had to watch all those shows to know what, what was going on. When WWE didn't have the roster split, you had to watch three hours of Raw and two hours of SmackDown to be able to follow what was going on. I really don't want that to happen. I don't want those guys to go to the AEW and get lost in the sauce. But, Will, do any of those guys... I know you're not a big... Consp- <laughs> Will, wake up. I know you're not a big uh, consumer of... Uh, impact uh like me i've uh like i said i'm a jilted lover it's going to take a lot to, to to get me back at this point uh and it's, it's going to take more than eddie edwards being a a wish version of tommy dreamer every week you better show eddie edwards some respect yeah i guess he might hit me with kenny but will do any of those released wrestlers move the needle for you if they went to impact would any of them intrigue you at all to want to give impact a, a more serious shot uh no honestly um i don't there's really no one on there that i'd be like oh i guess should go watch impact because like jason said like a couple of the big like big time hall of famers kurt angle staying you know whatnot like i'm mojo not raleigh Ooh. Ooh. mojo raleigh Okay, you got me there. Uh, Who can man. stop the path of Kane? Former world champion Jason could come back. <laughs> uh, but like the older guys, the ones that I kind of would be interested in, like they're not obviously going to go up there. And, like Sting is not going to be wrestling. You know, Kurt Angle might wrestle, but I mean I've seen him wrestle enough in WWE where I know that he's kind of lost his shine, um, and I don't really want to see him wrestle again. Plus, yeah. he had a, like a big WrestleMania retirement match too against your boy Baron Corbin, and yeah, which was a, a two-star classic. Um, but and it then, may just be the greatest wrestling match ever. It was one of the wrestling matches ever. So we agree. Um, James Ellsworth, like that'd be pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. I know we haven't seen that in a long time. Mm-hmm. I, um, I I think even 
Impact isn't uh, touching James Ellsworth right now. Uh, after James the, Ellsworth uh, is touching other people. Well, James Ellsworth is touching Allegedly. very young people, apparently. Uh, Alleged. Again, allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Uh, but I don't know. Like I just don't really have any urge to watch Impact. I if EC3 shows up, I honestly don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he never really did anything for me and i think him going to wwe really just hurt any of the allure that he had whatsoever because he was just he was a joke he was a joke he was in like one one good match in in nxt which is a five-star match you know lars sullivan is a five-star match you know participant as well uh he's also a porn star match yeah but when he was on the main wwe roster he literally did nothing wouldn't even let him talk Uh, no, they wouldn't let him talk. Um, Dean Ambrose came out and made fun of him, which I actually thought was pretty funny. Uh, but I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care about Impact Wrestling, and I don't care what stars that they could add because it's not really going to make me want to watch it at all. Uh, Jason, you get the last word uh, because this is your uh, heart and soul here. <laughs> uh, Impact Wrestling leading up into Slammiversary. Do you honestly... Impact bias aside, honestly, do you think we're going to be disappointed with what we get at Slammiversary based on the buildup, or do you think Impact is going to deliver something uh, worthwhile this time around? I think we'll be okay, Dan. I think we'll be okay this time. Okay. Well, if, hey, if Jason it's, says it's we're going like to be okay, then we're going to be okay. It's not like we're looking for, you know, with Jericho and Omega to stroll through the door just because they're good friends with Don Callis. These, these are guys who are you know, are reachable. The only people that I don't think, you know, is that they, they showed uh, Gallows and Anderson. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're back to New Japan bound if I had to bet my money on it. Yep, that's but, probably uh, just like EY and EC3 being most valuable in Impact. They, yeah. they probably got their most value in, uh, in New Japan. I mean, it'd be awesome to see them because the North have no competition whatsoever mm-hmm. in the tag division besides the Rascals. And how many times can they fight? That's true. Like, it's it's been going on for it's kind of like the the Usos know? and the New Day were fighting every yeah. week for about two years. Yeah, exactly. But no, I mean I think we'll be okay as long as you know, like I said to me, it's kind of EC3 or bust because of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's one of these new videos every week that they're leading up to Slammiversary, and one small thing is it has people talking about something nobody talks about. So I think, you know, they get a lot of Twitter buzz. They get, you know, Busted Open had a whole segment on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's great. You know, just you can't buy that kind of publicity, but you do you do have to cash in on it. You can't you can't just trot out Heath Slater and be like, well, that's what we got, guys. Heath Heath Slater and Curtis Axel, you know, both very, very good in-ring competitors. Uh, both guys that have good personalities, but if you put Curtis Axel and Heath Slater out there, and that that's your big get for Slammiversary, that's uh, chalk it up to to me, you know, being underwhelmed once again, and chalk it up to me, you know, kind of just being lied to, you know, if you, you know, play EC3's music and you have no intention, like you said, that's a ballsy move, you know, you you better have something. You know, and it better not be Dixie saying this is going to be a something that changes the industry, and then Tommy Dreamer comes out. 
you know, you got to come stronger than that, man. You've got an opportunity, and I'm just worried because of, of what's happened in the past. But if they can deliver on these promises, you know, that would, you know, maybe be enough for me to give it another shot. I think it. Let's wrap it up with number five. The revolving door of WWE heads of creative once again continues to spin as Paul Heyman is off as executive director of Raw Creative. And looks like Bruce Prichard, who was in charge of SmackDown, Brother Love himself, is going to be in charge of Raw as well. Paul Heyman was demoted from creative czar of Raw this week. Back to just being an on-screen talent. Bruce Prichard now seems to be in main control of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, what we saw from Heyman the last few months of him taking over, Heyman was more focused on the younger talent. He gave some talent uh, some first-time title wins, like Drew McIntyre with the, the big belt, Apollo Crews with the U.S. title. He was doing a lot of stories that had longer builds to him, but the problem with long-term commitment to stories is that sometimes you have to take a short-term hit with the ratings, and apparently that's why he was demoted. Vince was not happy with the uh, post-COVID ratings that we've been getting from Raw, and obviously, Will, attendance has been dreadful for these shows. Some would say there was there's no one at all. I mean, there, I see some people there, but it seems like... Just like the biggest- the WWE's biggest fan is always in attendance. Yeah, the, the biggest fan is there that doesn't circulate any air. But uh, in all seriousness, you know, Paul Heyman is was more focused on long-term storytelling. And, you know, you got to give it a chance to work. And it didn't seem like Vince wanted to give it a chance to work. So a couple questions for you, gentlemen. Uh, Jason, I'm going to go to you first. Are you worried about the people that have been pushed by Paul Heyman, the... Uh, Alistair Black's, the the uh, Oscars, the Drew McIntyre's, the Apollo Cruises. Uh, are you worried that they're going to have to take a step back now that Heyman's no longer in charge? I I'm not worried about Oscar and Drew. I am more worried, I would say, about like you said, Apollo Cruz, about uh, Umberto Cr- Umberto Carrillo. Yeah, Angel Garza. You know, they they said Vince loves Angel Garza, that he thinks he could be a next Eddie Guerrero. I love Angel Garza. So he's fine. He's fine regardless. You know, once you got once you got Vince's ear, that's it. I mean, you're 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 made man. Mm -hmm. But you know what I do want to discuss here is how come nobody knew ever books wrestling. I feel like it's always just like a revolving door of Russo, Pritchard, Bissau. Heyman, like there's like six six guys that have been doing this for, I'm 32, 33, mm-hmm. and you're 40. I mean, don't you eventually try something different than what doesn't work, you know? And I thought Raw seemed like, I thought seemed like they made effort on Raw. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed any different, but it, it seemed like, but you have way, to Way that. better in SmackDown. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's way better, way better than SmackDown. So I just thought you could tell there was a little effort Monday, and uh, so I don't know. I just don't understand why the same six or seven people have the the book, you yeah, know, as I they call it. I understand that. I, I you totally know, understand I just, that. That's just all I remember ever hearing. You know, this is even before the internet era. Mm-hmm. You hear about you know 
Bishop, Russo, you know, Pritchard. Yeah, so. and 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 uh, TNA was doing that too. Ten years ago, they would yep. they bring in Russo, and then they brought in Bischoff, and then they brought like Bruce Bruce Pritchard was there and gone several times, and it's the yep. same Jim Cornette. Yeah, the same names, he, and uh, yeah, and Jim Cornette did the you know same thing with like Ring of Honor. You know, he was uh, the the booker for Ring of Honor for a long time. You know, I I don't know, man. I, I that's a that is a great question. I. I don't know if they just feel like they need to have a name that, you know, for nostalgia's sake, that, that people recognize. But to me, I think the, the bigger issue is that you've got, you know, I don't know how many people, like 16 writers or something like that. When was wrestling its best? Wrestling was at its best when they had uh, two or three guys writing, writing the show. You know, when, uh, you know, a lot of, for all the, all the Russo hater, haters out there, you know, when, when Russo was writing the show with Vince and Cornette and Pritchard, and it was just like the four of them at Vince's pool writing the show every week, that's when wrestling was at its best, man. But, bro. You, bro, you, sorry. I said man instead of bro. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, I just think that there's, there's too many cooks in the kitchen right now. I think that Heyman, this exact same thing that happened to Heyman happened to Bischoff months ago. He was he was the fall guy, you know. He was the scapegoat, and Vince doesn't want. How can I put this? Remember how we were optimistic six to eight months ago when we had all this promise that SmackDown's going to network TV. They're going to have to step up their game. They're going to have to get better because Fox is not going to tolerate. A subpar shitty. <laughs> Are you ready for the same shit? Turns out we got the same shit, just on a new network. And oh, Bischoff's coming in. He'll give he'll give a a, a different look at what we've seen. Uh, you know, Bischoff, you he created the NWO. The NWO was amazing. I remember the NWO. They were they were oh, yeah, fantastic. Paul Heyman, he created ECW. I remember ECW. It was amazing. He's gonna he's gonna do amazing things, and we had all this promise and optimism just six to eight months ago. And look where we're at now, because it always matriculates back to the boss. Ooh. You know the the boss. Oh, hold on. It's boss time. Not that boss. It always matriculates back to to Vince McMahon. Bruce Springsteen. Rick, the Spr- boss? Rick Springfield? No, Bruce, Spring- Bruce Springsteen. Jesse's girl? The boss? I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Rick Springfield, yeah, I like him. Yeah. Uh, I thought the boss was uh, Frank Sinatra. Uh, debatable. I thought, I thought the boss was Huey Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, that's it. That's it. We'll have an intern look it up. But it always comes back to Vince McMahon, who every time you think he's going to give away some semblance of control, we just look where we're at. We've got his yes man, the guy who was, who was his yes man for 20-something years and got brought back in the company, Bruce Pritchard, to be his yes man once again, running both shows. So my question to you, Will, is do you expect SmackDown and Raw... Because there was a diff- there was a noticeable difference between those shows. Do you expect that they're going to be the the same show now? Yeah, uh, but that's because we've been getting the same show for the last 
six months. Like I, I to the point of where, you know, I used to tune in every Monday mm-hmm. for Raw. Um, and now I just, it, it's kind of an afterthought to me. Um, I kind of just do it just because, you know, as a, uh, a hard scrambled eggs wrestling journalist, yes. um, I feel obligated. Ear to the ground and nose to the grindstone. Right. But honestly, you know, if we didn't do this, this number one wrestling podcast um, within walking distance of the the Missouri River, um, I wouldn't want to tune in to Raw. I wouldn't want to tune in to SmackDown. I honestly, when I'm sitting at home on Friday night, I'm like, oh, SmackDown. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Exactly. Super lame. Um but during the quarantine, I'm like, well, SmackDown's on. I mean, I guess I can turn it up. But then I turn it off in like an hour because I'm like, this is stupid. It's the same thing. We got Baron Corbin in a six-man tag match again to close That's out. That's not what I want! I, I mean, give me what I want. Is that what you uh, want? Get it, give it to me! Give me what I want! I, I thought it was interesting to see a couple uh, new people to get some shots um, on Raw. Um, but I, I thought that choices of who they decided to give shots were a little weird to me like Apollo Crews just kind of came out of nowhere mm-hmm. uh, when you know you've got um, Alistair Black sitting in the wings waiting to get a chance at any title whatsoever who you know put the company on his you know back for a little while having those um, Buddy Murphy matches and whatnot which were some of the greatest matches that we've seen on Raw in a long period of time um and then you got Drew McIntyre as champion, who I could literally give two shits about. Um, but Jason's ready to chime in. He's getting he's getting warmed up. It's just, it, I think right now Raw and SmackDown are two of the worst wrestling shows on TV. I'd rather watch Impact Wrestling. So count you in for Impact this Tuesday on Twitch. On what? On Twitch. Is it on TV? It's on Twitch. Mm. It's on TV for 50 million people, but none of us three. <laughs> I'm not convinced that 50 million people have access TV. That's what happened. Please, please, just be quiet and listen, because let me tell you something. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> you, know, you know who doesn't have access TV? Stephen A. Smith. Uh, Rich- the Bridgeton Applebee's when Jason tried to get it put on when we were up in the last <laughs> Oh, time. shout out to the Bridgeton Applebee's, uh, home of the yeah. uh, the best burger in the country, according uh-huh. to Jason I don't want to talk about that yeah. right now, Dan. They're not, they don't serve that burger currently. And what burger was that? The brunch burger you guys uh, brunch? Delicious. You get so excited about? Uh, best yeah. burger. Top five burger. Have you guys ever been like to like good burger places? Good burger? I thought that was a good movie. Like you ever like I don't know. I was driving down I was driving uh, down the street the other day and I went past like a Red Robin and I'm like, God, Red Robin's way better than Applebee's. Like, why would they have they ever been to, to Red Robin? Red Robin's not even like Red you know a, like fine. like a knock your socks off fucking burger, but all you can eat steak fries. Now that is pretty pretty high class. I gotta tell you. Give you that. Uh, they give you that Red Robin seasoning too. That's pretty good. Stuff. But yet yeah. Applebee's has the best burger in the United States, according to sixty seven percent of uh, the panel here. Aha. Uh-huh. So it's you know it started with Bischoff and Heyman in charge of SmackDown and Raw. Now Vince has his yes man in charge of both. Man, I I tell you what, guys, I am. 
very, very worried about not only the immediate future of the company and how awful these shows are going to be, I'm worried about the long-term uh, health of the WWE product. If we've got... It's, it's basically just Vince booking what Vince wants, and it's his company. He can do whatever the hell he wants. However, you know, us as, as fans who have enjoyed wrestling over the years and know how good wrestling can be, if you just give up a little bit of that you know, micromanaging control that you have. If he just gives up a little bit of that and gives it to, you know, like Jason said, give new people, you know, a try. Give give people that have, you know, not people that are a staff of 16 that are writing what the boss wants them to write. That's not people being creative. You know, people being creative is people that are taking chances, not people that are are. They don't, they don't take a chance in writing something because they don't want the boss to shoot them down and they don't want to get fired because apparently you can get fired whenever the hell they want. You know, they just let a bunch of talent go You know, when they could have easily paid them during this COVID-19 crisis. They're writing what the boss wants them to write. And that is not helping the creative product that we see be any better. We're just, we're just spinning our wheels in the mud right now. Hot, hold yep. up. <laughs> Hot take. There you go. Hot take. What uh, if I told you that Braun Strowman is the world champion? <laughs> now, do you guys think, is Braun Strowman the conductor of the Strowman Express or is he the actual train? Um, if I had to guess, I would say yes. I mean, that's pretty... I mean, that's a hot take. Hot take. Uh, Jason, what would you say? Is he the conductor or is he the actual train? Uh, yes. And, oh, there we go. Hot take. And what are the odds, uh, give me, give me a percentage that we see Strowman in a conductor's hat in the next six weeks. Give me a percentage. I'm going to set it at... I'm going to say 77%. Whoa. Five. That is high. Five? Yeah. Five. Like 95? Five. Just five. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and I, just go. I like uh, that you didn't I'll say zero because you know there's a chance it's going to happen. <laughs> Especially since we put it out there. Yep. We know Vince listens to the show. Yep. God damn. So, is he the train? Great. God damn it! Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and split the uh, split the group, and I'm gonna go 45 percent. Interesting. So if we add them all together, then we've got over a 100 percent chance of of it happening. And I, I'll tell you what, guys, I'm excited. I'm excited about what's uh, coming up with Bruce Pritchard at the helm of two shows, Braun Strowman uh, wrestling in a T-shirt with a to- picture of a toy train on it. Otis lurking in the shadows with a briefcase full of cold cuts. I'm excited. <laughs> that's not true. Oh and uh, that's going to do it for segment one here. Uh, this has been Take Five. One, two, three, four, five. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, man, I'm It's number five. And we will be back with a short segment to your emails here on the Rhino Wrestling Review. It's Dan Rhino, Will Lewis, and Jason Calzavetta, brought to you by our friends 
at ProWrestling.com and the Bridgeton Applebee's. The next time you're in the St. Louis area, swing by the. Don't just go swing by any Applebee's. Go to the Bridgeton Applebee's. Get yourself the yeah. best burger on the planet. Oh, it's not on the menu anymore. Oh, no, they took it off. No. COVID, COVID took everything from us. You want to kick my friend in his dick when the ref's back is turned? Yeah, pretty much. We'll be right back. Final segment here on the Rhino Wrestling Review, brought to you by our friends at ProWrestling.com and the Applebee's in Bridgeton, Missouri. Uh, you guys know the uh, the bartender there. We do. Uh, Jason likes to go for the uh, go for the beer, the burgers, and the uh, the discussion. He likes the little friendly uh, discourse. Yeah, when you live alone, you know, sometimes it's nice to just see a friendly face, Dan. When your house is 75% sectional. Sexual? Sec- sectional. I'll tell you what, my house is 75% sexual, but it's 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 100% me and none of my wife. <laughs> uh, I'm I feel I'm feeling uh-huh. sexual all the time. But uh, being a married man of almost 17 years, uh, uh, the uh, it's not so often reciprocated. And uh, speaking of uh, sexual energy, uh, let's read some emails here because I can just feel the sexual energy coming in from the from our fans uh, all around the globe. Well, they come Especially from near and far. Uh, our, our comrades in Russia, uh, salut, salut, dos 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 vidanya, dos vidanya, and that yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, dostrovia, dostrovia, is that what they? I don't. I don't know. That's what they do when they cheer. Uh, my mom sure. always says that when they, when she's uh, toasting. But uh, you can send us your emails, rhinowrestlingreview at gmail dot com, or you can send us uh, message uh, via message or tweet on Twitter 
at rhino underscore wrestling. Or if you just want to talk Impact Wrestling, you can just contact Jason directly. He's at BigJ2197. And if you want to talk about uh, Seth Rollins and John Moxley, you can contact Will directly at Willistine. Hey. Uh, first email comes from Tommy in Los Angeles. Hey, yo, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. Tommy. Tommy wants to know which match would be more intra- more excited for, Randy Orton versus Tommaso Ciampa or Randy Orton versus Charlotte Flair. Uh, both have kind of been teased lately. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Randy Orton have kind of had a little back and forth on Twitter. Uh, hashtag knee slap if you want to look that one, uh, that discourse up between the two. And Charlotte has been throwing out the idea that she might want to uh, get into the ring and square off with some of the gentlemen on the roster. And uh, Randy Orton's name has kind of come up in, in some of those rumors as well. So, uh, Jason, I'm going to go to you first. Which match would you be more excited for and why? Randy Orton versus Champa or Randy Orton versus Charlotte Flair? Uh, I think Randy versus Charlotte, personally. Um, just because I don't know what would lead up to that, unless he's whooping Rick's ass at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, like Batista did, you know, dragging him out. Give me what but, I want! Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that what you want? Give it, to, give it to me! Give me what I want! I just think on WWE TV specifically, it's... That's, that's not something they do. Yeah. Do. Or, you know, I, I think they'll both happen eventually, but Interesting. I think the, Ch- the Ciampa thing could happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, he could go down there and slap his thigh in the middle of a promo and, <laughs> you know, stir everyone up, you know, and I think it'd be awesome. I'm in. Yeah, exactly. I think it'd be awesome. Well, what but, about uh, you? I, uh, which one would you, would you be more excited for? Um, you know, I would, I would actually, I would really like to see Tommaso Ciampa versus Randy Orton. Um, just because Randy's such a steady worker, and Tommaso Ciampa's, you know, really, really good in the ring. Plus, there's that. There's already a storyline right there. Um, I, I'd, I'd be interested to see how Orton can adapt his wrestling style to like that harder hitting, more brutal style of NXT that Tommaso Ciampa brings to the table. Um, I think it would be for. I think it'd be a pretty compelling match. Randy Orton is, you know, he's. Obviously, he just competed in the greatest wrestling match of all time. It may just be the greatest wrestling match ever. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's got... He's going to be really good. Uh, Jason, we know that Randy Orton has no trouble with uh, hitting the RKO on females, as he did to Nia Jax in the Royal Rumble. Uh, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before. Uh, but something you said earlier... You know, it would be tough for WWE as a publicly traded company to do what has become so common in wrestling over the last five years, and that's uh, an intergender match, just because of the the social justice warriors that would come out and say that it would be, you know, uh, hurting a man beating up a woman. You know, that's not what you know, people need in, in 2020. That's not what the society needs to have depicted as as something that's cool or something that's uh, you know that your heroes should be doing. But man, I I would really like to see Randy Orton versus Charlotte Flair. <laughs> I, I I would run, uh, Charlotte's kind of like her dad in that you know she I think she could get a good match out of anybody. But 
you know, there's only so many people that she can work with in the the women's division. The women's division. You know, how many more times do you, do we need to see her in Bailey? How many more times do we need to see her in Natalia? How many more times do we need to see her in Sasha or her in Becky? You know, why not every once in a while? You know, you know, throw her out there against uh, you know a Randy Orton, somebody who we know you know has such high respect for her dad Rick that you know he would take great care of her you know he you know he wouldn't go into business for himself uh, you know that if Rick wanted him to do it and if Charlotte was very passionate about it I think Randy would be game for something like that and uh, you know Randy versus Champa yeah, I'm I'm in for it. I'm uh, I think I think it'd be great. I think the storyline would be would probably be more intriguing. But as a as a one off, Randy versus Charlotte, man, I'm in. But I just don't know, Jason, with WWE. Uh, everywhere else, everywhere else you go, you you look at Impact. There's a woman's world champion. Um, you, you go. You look at. Um, you know, every Excuse me, Moose. Moose is the real world champion. If you didn't know that. Please, please just be quiet and listen, because let me tell you something. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Boo. Thank you, Dan. Boo. Yes. Woo. <laughs> Anything that rhymes with moose, I was playing it right there. But, Jason, you and I have been to a lot of uh, indie shows in uh, in the Midwest area here where there have been a, a ton of intergender matches, and... Yeah. Most of the time, they're fucking awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, seeing Kylie Ray in there, uh, you know, seeing uh, Tessa in there, just, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of these that, that come off really cool, and at no point in the match did I think that this is hard to watch. You know, I don't want to see a woman, you know, getting hit, because I understand what it is, you know. I'm, I'm not... Somebody is out there saying, that, you know, advocating that, you know, that this is this is violence against women. It's a show. It's it's entertainment. You know, when when uh, a woman gets hit in a movie, she's not really getting hit. You know, it's it's a show. You know, there there. If if people really knew what the essence of pro wrestling is, and is that it, you're supposed to make it look real, but the other half of that is that you are you are responsible for taking care of the other person in that ring, you know. Unless you're just a complete asshole and you're out there going into business for yourself, you are responsible for taking care of that other person in the ring. That is like one of the unwritten rules and uh, being a professional wrestler. So, I would love to see, I would love to see it, but I just don't know if we're ever gonna get there with a, a company like WWE. Uh, final email here comes from Stacks on Stacks, and they write, Macho Man Randy Savage made his WWF debut 35 years ago this week. What's your favorite Macho Man moment? Either you guys have one that uh, stands out for you, or would you want me to go first? Um, I mean, mine is, I mean, the one that always stands out to me is just the Rookie of the Dragon Steamboat match in Macho Man. Which still stands today is probably everybody thinks it's one of the greatest, one of the greatest wrestling matches ever. I think until just it recently. may just be the greatest wrestling match ever. Yep, 
But unfortunately, now that Randy Orton and Edge have had their greatest wrestling match ever, um, that you know, it slides it's, down. It's the gone number two. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but you know, and that's the one that sticks out to me the most. Um, and then obviously, growing up um, watching WWE and hearing him on commentary for a little while mm-hmm. uh, was always really. Really fun. Him I always, th- I always thought he was underrated uh, as a as a commentator. Uh, apparently, he was. Jr. said he was kind of hard to work with because he was so erratic. But that's kind of what the erotic? macho. <laughs> yeah, and erotic. Uh, but that's just kind of who the macho man was, man. He was that like loose cannon, you know, personality, and that's that's just kind of who he was. I've also been a, always been a real big fan of Slim Jims. So, I mean, and Macho Man, of course, left his mark on those. I will tell you, I went to the convenience store the other day, and there is, uh, apparently the Macho Man displays are back. They had Slim Jims uh, set up at like a like an end cap, and they had a big Macho Man, you know, double fist and some, some Slim Jims with a big cartoon bubble above his head that snap into it. And I kind of want to go back and ask, because I doubt anybody that that's working there would want that display once it's uh, once it's done. I was wondering if I could like kind of stake claim to that because I would uh, love to have that at the old uh, Rhino Palatial Rhino Estate here. <laughs> Jason, uh, what stands out to you about the uh, Macho Man uh, career? Thirty-five years ago, he did. Uh, I mean, I I don't want to take any thunder away, but the Mega Powers exploding was mine. Always Ooh, big deal. The slow handshake. <laughs> uh, reach in there. Oh, it's all the handshake. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was always a big deal to me. And then, obviously, you know, Elizabeth on the shoulder mm-hmm. in the middle of the ring of the wrestling wedding. You know, both of those will always, you know, stay in my mind for sure. But right, the whole, yeah. you know, going to the Mega Powers explode. With, Amazing. You know, the Hogan and, you know, just... You got lust in your eyes. Yep. Oh, yeah. I remember I was watching a Saturday night's main event, man, when that happened. Uh, about uh, about once a month, or not even that, maybe like once every two months, Saturday Night Live would get preempted for Saturday night's main event, and I just I loved I loved it. I loved every minute of, of Saturday night's main event, and when the I think they were facing facing Akeem and the Boss Man, and uh, Elizabeth got knocked off the apron. And Hogan took her to the back to look for help, and that left Macho Man in the ring by himself with with the Twin Towers, and just got the shit kicked out of him. And then he went backstage and found Hogan, and uh, you know basically accused him of having lust in his eyes for Elizabeth, uh, and leaving him in the ring all by himself. And then uh, Savage hit Hogan with the championship belt, and that led to WrestleMania Five. It's good shit, man. Um, I'm gonna go with one that hadn't been said yet. Uh, I believe it was WrestleMania. I want to say WrestleMania seven. I think it was WrestleMania seven. Uh, I believe it was uh, Macho Man. Uh, who was his retirement match against? I think it was the Ultimate Warrior. I think it was Macho Man against the Ultimate Warrior, and uh, it was retirement match, and Macho Man lost. And uh, he was managed by uh, Sensational Sherry at the time. And uh, Sherry was was berating the Macho Man for losing and costing her her meal ticket. And then who comes out of the crowd 
but Miss Elizabeth to take take Sherry down and then Macho Man and Elizabeth who had been uh, had, who had been separated for a couple of years at that time have their big moment where they're reunited and that that led to I think it's SummerSlam that they had the actual wedding and that was the only wrestling wedding that I can ever remember that actually went off without a hitch <laughs> no nobody like uh, had to you know say things uh, you know if who who show who soever should speak now or forever hold their peace nobody came out nobody was in costume nobody jumped the macho man it was just a, a good moment so that was my uh uh, favorite Macho Man moment, but just one of the the greats of all time, and a former uh, St. Louis Cardinal minor league player as well, Mr. Randy Poffo. Uh, so that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Uh, if you got any thoughts on the show this week, send them to us via email Rhino Wrestling Review at Gmail dot com, or shoot us a tweet at Rhino underscore Wrestling. Jason is at BigJ2197. I'm at Dan Rhino. Will is at Willestein. And we are out of time. Until next time, don't kick out of each other's finishers. See ya. See ya. Bye. Hey, it's the R to the Y. N to the O. On a block like a tortoise with a slow. On a block like a baker because I'm picking up my dough. And when I'm in the booth, like I'm cooking up a O.